BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. and welcome back to the Dream Bigger Podcast. My name is Sif and I'm your host, so thank you for joining me. Okay, so we've all used Pinterest, but did you know you can use it to multiply your income and if you're a small business owner, drive insane amounts of traffic to your website? You may have heard whispers, myths if you will, about the power of Pinterest, but maybe the whole thing seems a little overwhelming or downright confusing to you. So I was in the same boat until a few months back when I did a workshop with Megan Williamson, our guest for today. So this was back in like June last year and I had 20,000 unique monthly visitors on my Pinterest page with it driving little to no traffic to my blog. I used it haphazardly. So when I was invited to this workshop by my agency Shine Influencers, I figured why not give it a go? You guys, I was stunned by the results. Six months after doing the workshop with Megan and following her advice, I've grown my Pinterest unique monthlies to 800,000. That's like, I don't even know, like over half a million in six months. And now nine months in, I'm at over a million monthly viewers on my Pinterest page. My website traffic has quadrupled and continues to grow. I can't believe it took me so long to start using Pinterest for my business. Because of my incredible experience with Pinterest, I knew I had to have Megan on the show to demystify this platform for you guys. I am super excited about this episode because she gives you actionable steps and tells you how you can really take your business to the next level using this extremely valuable tool. Oh, and spoiler alert, it takes very little effort. Trust me, I speak from experience. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to remind you to please leave the show a review if you enjoy it. My team and I work really hard to bring it to life, and it's really rewarding to hear your feedback. And if you missed the last episode, don't forget, if you leave me a review, just send me a screenshot to my email, sefa.h91 at gmail.com, and I'll send you a goodie bag with my favorite beauty products. So with that, let's welcome Megan Williamson to the Dream Bigger Podcast. Okay, so Megan, when I took your workshop, the thing that hooked, lined, and sank me was your engagement ring story. So to start with, like, you got to tell everyone about the story. Sure. So I use Pinterest for several different things, uh, one of which is doing affiliate links. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
So what I did was I did a bunch of research on what type of rings I liked personally mm -hmm. and then what rings were doing well on Etsy. Mm -hmm. And I created affiliate links for, um, for different items, one of which was a ring. It wasn't an engagement ring. But um, I went and checked my affiliate dashboard mm -hmm. I call it our affiliate account where I check how things are performing and I saw that I had a huge payout this oh is what you're referring gosh, to right yes now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like do I have another engagement no story? that's the one and of course I'm like wait a sec where did that come from and what I saw was when I looked at the tracking that someone had bought this beautiful handmade ring after they had touched, or you know, last touched, mm -hmm. um, one of my affiliate links from Etsy, and it was something that I had a now it still gives back to me. So I added that affiliate link three, four years ago, mm -hmm. and people still purchase things, and I get attributed the sale. Um, and so it is this beautiful passive way for me to make extra money. Um, you know, for doing something that I love. That is amazing. <laughs> like, what a story. I wish I knew who bought it. <laughs> yeah, like, go thank them. <laughs> yeah, right? So I still have that because yeah. actually um, I run a Pinterest membership. And two months ago, I was encouraging everybody to add affiliate links mm -hmm. because it's something that, you know, I've done and seen the, the return on. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you kind of set it and forget it. I walk away from it. Um, and my members were like talking about it and I was talking about how easy it is and I was like, you know what, I should take my own advice. Yeah. So since that I added probably two weeks ago, mm -hmm. I added a handful of links and since that time I have tripled my income with passive, yeah, with, with Pinterest affiliate links. And it was because I hadn't done it since that time that yeah. I added the engagement brain stuff. So, so how do you go about with like affiliate links? So if you are an affiliate, um, approved affiliate member of Reward Style mm -hmm. or Amazon, or um, I, I'm part of one called The Win, which is what Etsy falls on, it, it manages the Etsy content. I find that Etsy content is a really good um, place for me because I can find products that I like. Right. Um, and so I think as individuals using Pinterest, and if you um, are part of different affiliate programs, you know where the best content that matches your people is. So I find that Etsy is my place. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I decided to use Etsy. Um, but what you can do is basically like, you know, I would even say like, I'm going to try to put it on my to-do list once a month mm -hmm. to go through, see what's doing well on Etsy. I basically look for things that I would buy. Right. I download the images, go into my affiliate dashboard, generate the unique um, affiliate links for that item, and then I manually upload them to Pinterest. And I create, again, like pin descriptions that just match what the image is about. So I would say like, if I was going to get married again, these are the wedding favors that I would use. Or when I was having my son, I added stuff like beautiful little like linen handmade overalls. Mm -hmm. And I would say like, you know, I'd love to buy these for my son. These look so cute. And just add keyword rich pin descriptions. Um, and I do now add, I disclose that it is an affiliate link. Right. Um, so you want to make sure that you're above board. Um, but I find that Pinterest is the perfect place for affiliate links as a content creator or as somebody who has any sort of influence. And even if you have a very small account, 
because you can add something because you have a great eye for, maybe it's for art, maybe it's for home decor or fashion, and it will just keep going. And the reality is like someone like you, yeah. who has, like you have an eye for fashion and probably your taste and style is above the general popular, like it's, it's advanced, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're probably thinking a year in advance of most people who use Pinterest. Mm -hmm. So if you add something now, it could actually be next spring when it really starts to take off on Pinterest. Pinterest is a little bit behind the rest of the I've, world. I've actually mm -hmm. noticed that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you just recycle an image. So like instead of creating, for example, mm -hmm. like a picture with like your hand and these rings, you just like download the image from Etsy or like mm -hmm. wherever, mm -hmm. like wherever you're getting it from and you just upload that. Yes. That and is, I, I even upload product shots. So like I have, I have Pinterest boards that are about like all things, I have one called all things baby. I have home decor ones. I have one about like um, uh, I call it like random fashion and beauty. So that's where I pin like my outfit inspiration. Mm -hmm. So you can monetize your own images this way. Mm -hmm. You can also monetize. So like as somebody who works in like women's fashion or um, anything related to beauty, what you can do is upload your own image um, and actually product tag things with your fill. And this is a, a relatively new feature of Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful because I have clients who sell products. Um, say like there's a women's fashion company and they will be wearing three of the items that they actually sell So what I do is I product I upload the images and then up in the Would be the left hand corner is a little like looks like a price tag and you click that and then you can add products so like you could wear an outfit and, mm -hmm. and um, Do basically like product tags for but that are monetized so affiliate links for every single thing you're wearing That is so smart. So could you do that and also link to your own website? Um or no? Well, product tag, yes. So how I do my current affiliate links, because I'm not using my own images, mm -hmm. um, I always use the affiliate attribution link as right. where I draw traffic to so that it's attributed to me. But also, like Etsy shop members, so it goes hand in hand. Like It's for free publicity for the Etsy shop owners, and mm -hmm. that's why they don't mind um, you, like using those visual assets. Um, or if it is your own image, then you can do the product. Um, I, I know that there are some people who are content creators who find their own images mm -hmm. monetized, mm -hmm. and that's really upsetting to somebody who spends a lot of time, you know, with taking pictures and curating their outfits. And I, <clears throat> pardon me, I know that a lot of home decor bloggers have found their own images monetized, and so they ask Pinterest to take those down. But I, if you are an approved affiliate member for, you know, like I'm in Reward Style, yeah. I'm, I'm Etsy, and all these different companies, then um, it's explicit. You know, no, they say, benefit, I benefit. Yeah. Say, no. Say for example, like it's my own image, right? So like, let's take, let's do like a little case mm -hmm. study that, like, okay, like you have a like blogger and she's mm -hmm. posting a picture of her outfit. Um, could she product tag like, for example, like her shirt, her jeans, her shoes, and then. In the main, you know where you put the main link? Yeah, absolutely. Would, would you do, like, that to your blog? Yeah, so that's perfect. So you, oh, for wow. example. So you can, like, get traffic to, like, four different places, essentially. Essentially. So that's what the new product tag feature lets you do. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you click the product tag option on your, your image, so you can go to your website, say you pin, like, 10 images from your most recent blog post, and then they go into Pinterest. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> they go into Pinterest, and then you hit the product tag on the individual image, it will say, 
add, um, what's the actual language? Add affiliate link or product link. Mm. So then when, oh my goodness. Totally. <laughs> sorry. Then when somebody clicks on it, if they want to find the actual item, they can see that there's like white dots distributed over the image mm. and they just have to click that one white dot to find where that purse is from, where those shoes are from, and then they can go out. And a lot of affiliate links will track for, well, it depends. You have to check each program for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. That is amazing. So it might not be that they end up buying those shoes, yeah. but they might buy a different pair of shoes using this later. Yeah. And then that's where you, and that's how I like sometimes, maybe it wasn't the exact product that I uploaded, yeah. but it will be one that, you know, especially like around Christmas or around holidays, yeah. I see a spike in, in my traffic, but also in the, um, my, my affiliate links because people are shopping for gifts. So smart. So now that we have like a taste of the power of Pinterest, um, let's go back a little and tell me how you got into the platform. Like what was it that literally lured you in there? So it was really, really simple. I was living in the United Kingdom um, and I had started a blog and prior to Pinterest, I was actually just like downloading photos and putting them into folders as inspiration. Like, this is what I'd love to do with my home. This is like travel I would love to do. So um, being sort of like that was when social media was really emerging and becoming a much more powerful force. Mm -hmm. I saw some of my favorite influencers out of LA talking about this new platform that they mm -hmm. were using in beta called Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this amazing thing Pinterest. Mm -hmm. So I asked to join Pinterest as a beta member and I was waiting and waiting patiently and that's basically I was given an invite six months later and it involved back in that time it was a personal email from Ben, mm -hmm. one of the um, owners of Pinterest. That's insane. <laughs> what, like, what year was this? So that would have been 2011. Wow it's like I feel like I mean it's not that long ago, but a time without Pinterest, like I can't <laughs> I even imagine. I know, I know. And so that's why it's like come such a far away. And I think even the idea of how we use Pinterest, like mm -hmm. it always seemed like this like naive baby sister for social, right? That it was yeah. like this like cute place you went, no one was watching you, you could plan a baby shower, plan like, a, a, you know, your outfits or shopping trips or recipes, mm -hmm. and it's evolved into, and I think some people feel sort of hurt. I think content creators and bloggers were some of the first people. They were the early adopters of mm -hmm. seeing like, oh my God, this is this amazing app that's going to help me organize the my creative work that I do. Mm -hmm. And it has slowly become, you know, like all things, it has they have to monetize it to make money to be able to grow mm -hmm. and sort of meet the needs of audience members um, and users. And I think there's been some, you know, some people are a little bit hurt by that. I, I don't think it's bad at all. I think actually they just keep improving yeah. their user experience. But content creators feel like they made Pinterest. So they feel like things have sort of shifted, that it benefits, you know, they think things are done that don't benefit them as much. And really, I always say, like, it's not about us, it's about the end user. Right. I mean, I like, personally, I've just had, like, a really, really good experience with them so far. I mean, I, like, before I would just, like, pin external things, but I think it's such a powerful tool and, yeah, like, 
great user experience, so you know, no complaints here. Yeah, and they really want to support content creators. Yeah, I feel like they reward yeah. you, right? Because like mm -hmm. there is, I mean, there's a logical way of going about Pinterest, which we can get into, which we, which we will get into throughout the course of this interview about like, you know, like keywords and like, I mean, I feel like with other apps, like perhaps Instagram, for example, there's no rhyme or reason as to like what <laughs> works and what, there's no formula, yeah. you know what I mean? And with Pinterest, there is, and I feel like it is very rewarding. So, mm. I mean, I, yeah. It's definitely a platform that if you invest the time and have the patience, I know a lot of people feel overwhelmed by it or mm -hmm. aren't sure, like it feels like this mystical thing yeah. that they don't know how to use strategically, although they... You know, there's lots of gossip and talk in Facebook groups. And, you know, when people get together, they'll say, like, especially as content creators or people who sell, they'll be like, I just met, actually, so I just have a new client. And they were telling me that they, they're influencers and they worked with a company that sold 99% of their product via, via Pinterest. And they were like, we know how powerful it is because of this brand that we worked with. And mm. so we want to make sure we always kind of forgot about it. You know, they're big on YouTube. They're big on Instagram. And they just... They used it personally, but they mm -hmm. never thought about using it to diversify their traffic. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a beautiful thing. Once you apply that muscle and that framework, it really is. You can. It's. It's like um, someone. You know, when I talk about it with people, it's like um, marketing on autopilot. Like yes. it's that thing that doesn't need daily babysitting. You know. I now, when I talk about Pinterest, like I love Instagram. I, you know, Facebook is a necessary evil. We we do need to be in different places. But, like, I see Instagram as the place where I engage and mm -hmm. talk with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I love that, like, connection. But the reality is is that those platforms don't want their users to leave that platform. Mm -hmm. Whereas Pinterest says very explicitly, I was at a launch recently, and they said, we want people to leave our platform and get out into life mm -hmm. and experience life. And that's, I think I've always, I didn't have the words to describe it, but that's why I was always loving it. Um, and it was very na a natural fit for me. Yeah, I, 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 like, it's such a great platform. And it is great for that reason that, like, you set it and then you just leave it. You know, you, you do it that, like, you know, once a week or whatever that mm -hmm. is. And it doesn't require that constant update that Instagram does. So mm -hmm. I think it's really rewarding in that sense. So when did you realize that Pinterest was such a powerful tool? Like, when did it take off for you? What's strange is, so I started my blog in 2010. Mm -hmm. I... Um, probably added I started using Pinterest as a regular user in 2011 mm -hmm. and it was actually probably in 2012 that I realized how powerful it was I took a hiatus from blogging mm -hmm. and what was weird is I noticed immediately that my traffic didn't change yeah that's what's crazy to me yeah so I could like walk away and at that time I probably wasn't even being strategic mm -hmm. other people were adding my project ideas so I was a home decor and DIY blogger I, I dabbled a little bit in like some travel chat but mostly I blogged about projects and um, people love those tutorials, whether it's like beauty tutorials, home tutorials, how I do X, even business tutorials, like basically teaching something. Mm -hmm. And what I found is, um, you know, I walked away from my blogging or content creation work, but Pinterest took care of me. So I'm like, wait, shouldn't my numbers be dropping? Like I'm not posting anywhere. I'm not talking about what I'm doing anywhere. And I saw that even when I walked away, 97% of my traffic was coming from Pinterest and so it just kept going on like something I, I talked about in like 2012 went viral in 2013 and so I may have only blogged a few times but it's just like it would it would take care of me 
um, which was really, really nice. And I've had friends. Um, I have a friend who's a, a blogger and has a very small shop on her website. And um, she, her husband went through some, is going through still some serious health problems. Mm-hmm. And so they were traveling and she just didn't have the mind space for, for doing active content creation. And um, Pinterest took care of her. And she was like, you know, this is so amazing that I can like, yes, if you spend more active time on it, it's mm-hmm. going to improve your traffic, but yeah. you can also walk away from it to some degree. You know, yeah. not, nothing is set it and forget it 100% um, or autopilot 100%, but I would definitely say compared to other forms of social, it definitely is the most, the you know, it doesn't need as The most time. independent. Yeah, <laughs> independent. Yes, that's a great word. So, for example, it like in your case where you had you kind of taken a hiatus from blogging, mm-hmm. were you still active on Pinterest? Oh, so that's a great question. So, um, yes, I was probably not as consistent as I would recommend to my clients or the people that I work with now. Mm-hmm. But at that time, um, I found it as a place where I would escape and curate ideas. So travel ideas, um, I think that's probably when I started my cottage um, board um, and curating, you know, even just like visual inspiration. I'm a very, very visual person. Mm -hmm. So I think um, I was not being strategic about my own content Mm -hmm. as much as I should have been, but I was still pinning here and there, Um, but not even like with a lot of purpose at that time. That is so interesting. It is so (laughs) rewarding, honestly. So if someone is totally new to Pinterest but wants to start using it for their business, like, could you give us some tips? Like, what's your 101? Okay. So my 101 is this. Convert to a business account immediately. Why? Um, So because then you have access to your stats. Pinterest, if you verify your website, Mm -hmm. um, you are then able, like, so you're declaring that you own that website and you're allowed to have intel about your numbers. Just like Instagram, um, you are allowed to then see how many people are engaging with your content, how many um, individuals are looking at your content, which is called content impressions, saving it, and then how much traffic it's sending to you. And these are really important metrics to become more strategic because it's telling you what the unique users who are on the platform like about your content. Yeah. So you can you don't have to play a guessing game. Mm-hmm. Pinterest will tell you what is resonating with Pinterest users. And that's really where, say, like my example about fashion, so something that you're wearing this season might not really take off in the real world mm-hmm. until, you know, six months from now, nine months from now. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Yeah. Um, okay, another, like, aside from converting to a business, mm-hmm. what, what else? So, number two, optimize your website. So the biggest mistake that I see people making is that Pinterest is always an afterthought. So when people are doing shoots for a blog post or a product, yeah. they're always thinking, okay, what am I going to post on Instagram? Which is beautiful, of mm-hmm. course, right? But the way that I now teach people that I work with is that when you are shooting something, especially as a company or as somebody who is monetizing the, the, the content that they're creating, is that when you're planning a shoot, Think about how you can take those photos and repurpose them for every platform. So don't just take all landscape photos. Make sure you get a bunch of portrait photos, which is so wonderful. Like 
fashion bloggers are wonderful about that because they want the head to toe view yes. or you want that beautiful like what's behind you I find though some people get into this mode of taking they're always thinking about their photos in an aspect ratio of one to one which is what is optim optimal for Instagram mm -hmm. but what is optimal for Pinterest is an aspect ratio of two to three or portrait traditional mm -hmm. portrait style so I find that that is my number two. So first get your account as a business account so you can track the statistics to optimize your content. Mm -hmm. Images that are optimized are gonna do two to three times better than images that are not. Wow. So you wanna make yourself like Pinterest friendly. Number three, make sure you're adding your own content but being strategic and not engaging in like spammy-like behavior. You wanna think about what creates an optimal user experience mm -hmm. so if someone just sees like say you have one photo that people are just loving and you're like oh i'm just going to keep pinning that photo so more people see it the reality is no one's going to follow you if you just pin the same photo of yourself but diversify your content so creating a positive user experience sort of position yourself as an expert in your area that's what i always try to teach people is that Pinterest is, if they're going to follow you, they're interested in sort of your, who you are. You know, what food do you eat? What, where do you shop? Where do you travel? And that's what's so lovely about you, right? Is that you have such an interesting life that people are interested in. And it lends to you having um, so many different areas that you can touch upon. Mm -hmm. It's not fashion, just fashion and beauty. It's also travel. It's also like, you know, your, your fitness and your, your approach to life and, and you know, healthy um, wellness tips. It's, it's all these different things. And on Pinterest, people are looking for that information. So interesting. Talk to me about keywords. Like say mm -hmm. you are uploading your own content. Like what is the formula for success? So I, keywords are so, so important. And this is really how Pinterest has evolved. I think like back in 2012 when I was using it, it was just sort of like, you know, you just threw some pictures up and, uh, you know, you walked away from it. And mm -hmm. as time and being someone who spends a lot of time working alongside of business owners, optimizing their content for Pinterest, we have seen this total shift that Pinterest isn't like Instagram or Facebook. It's more like Google. Mm -hmm. So if you're creating a website or have a blog and you think about keywords that are going to optimize you for search traffic from Google, Pinterest is actually the same. So when people are searching, yes, it's a visual search platform. So if someone um, sees like a picture of you in an outfit and then they bring that picture up, it will show them other similar outfits. But also people are searching by keywords. And so mm -hmm. if you use keywords on your own images, so, you know, describing the outfit that you're wearing, describing the sofa in a, you know, a picture of your living room and using keywords related to what is pictured in the image that you've uploaded to Pinterest, it's just gonna help users who are looking for that item. So maybe it's like, you know, uh, gray sofas for a condo. Maybe it's like, you know, mid-century modern gray sofas. And so by using keywords related to what your content is about, you're just helping uh, Pinterest categorize it rank it in search so it knows like if someone searches those keywords and they show them your picture that people are very likely to look at it and then click on it they will show it to more people so it's sort of like why wouldn't you do it right you're just basically solving a problem by telling pinterest and pinterest users what's in the image how do you find keywords so um, a tip that i always tell people is that what you can do is when you're either in creation mode or when you have already written the blog post or are writing up the product, 
what you can do is go into Pinterest and put in the first or and second word, so the you know two keywords or keyword phrase into Pinterest, and it will tell you the top five searched um, phrases related to those words. So cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good tip, guys. Use it. <laughs> I'm telling you. It is like math. It's it's weird because I think often when people when Pinterest is an afterthought, you um you go in after and you search the words. But what really, really savvy business owners are doing now is that before they even write the product post or they, the blog post is they do keyword research in Pinterest to see what the top ranking content is for the thing that they're about to shoot or you know, write about. And then they try to figure out you know, how, to, how to make theirs better. So basically they tailor their content for Pinterest before yes. actually even like creating the content. Yes. So smart. I mean, <laughs> well, the thing is like yeah. it, it, it pays off, right? It like you can actually tailor your content to Pinterest and you know that like it's a platform that, that does reward you, which is so great. Food bloggers are amazing at this. Really? They, and they've been doing it for years. Uh -huh. um, the individuals who I have contact with through my work um, are, you know, they do food blogging is their full-time business. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, it's a very noisy, busy niche. Um, and so they are always that like step and food bloggers were very early adopters mm -hmm. as well of Pinterest and I, for them. yeah, it is. And like, you know, who doesn't, I even look up all my recipes there. Um, because I, I pick what recipe I'm going to make based on the image, mm -hmm. not actually. And that's why I do not like Google mm -hmm. for looking up recipes. Whereas my husband does, cause he likes to see, Oh, do we have those ingredients? I'm like, no, no, no. Decide on the picture. That's how I judge the meal. Totally. Um, I can tell when something looks oily or something looks like, you know, there's not enough vegetables mm -hmm. and right away I won't look at it yeah um, and that's how actually maybe that's why Pinterest is such a good fit for me as I make decisions based on what I see so interesting so say for example you have your keywords right mm -hmm. um, would you like do you write a description like a like a little paragraph or is can you just throw in a whole bunch of keywords like you know, gray sofa, like decor for condo, like, or does it actually yeah. have to tell a little story? Well, so what I do is like, I recommend doing, um, sort of a balance of those two things. So a little a little B the first, um, what do one or two sentences that mm -hmm. are like, read like a normal sentence. So mm -hmm. telling people what they're going to get, what it's about, you know, for me, I teach people how to use Pinterest. So I would use terms like I was just doing some of these yesterday, actually doing Pinterest descriptions for a new blog post. And it's like, learn how to blah, blah, blah. This is what they're going to take away. Get my roadmap to, or, you know, this checklist is going to guide you through and tell people what they're going to get. Mm -hmm. So if it's about, you know, this, you know, it, maybe it's a travel guide to Toronto. This travel guide to Toronto is going to take you to all the hottest spots in 2019 or my favorite soup places or the, my favorite place to go for tea, that type of thing. And then what you can do is at the end of your pin description, you know, I don't like using this term, but it's keyword stuffing. Um, and I used to shy away from keyword stuffing just because it always felt a bit eeny, but it does pay off. I just don't overdo it. Like don't make your pin description just keyword stuffing, but do a nice mixture. So you have, yeah, one or two sentences and then put in relevant keywords afterwards. So smart. Okay, good. Good to know. So like what is the proper ratio or like the recommended ratio between original content versus repins? So Pinterest does not have, I always defer to Pinterest for best guide, best practices or best guidelines to adhere to. 
because um, they, you know, it's their platform. They know, and so lots of people we talk about it. There's, it's a, it, they're guesstimates. So I would say one is very dependent on the person using it for their business because a new blogger might not have very much content, mm -hmm. or um, somebody who has four or five hundred posts has a lot of their own original content to add. So it really that ratio is really decided by um, how much content you have that's optimized for the platform. Um, and really, there, you can do, I always say that when people are starting out, shoot for an 80-20 rule, so 80 other 20 your own. If you can up that ratio, go for it. Just what you're looking for is always ensuring that the user experience is a positive one. Mm -hmm. So that's why if you're very limited in content, say you only have 10 blog posts or you only have, you only sell three things. Um, you can only add them so many times back to back. And Pinterest actually has new spam guidelines or community, it's, there's a section called spam underneath community guidelines. And they actually define spam now, one form of spam is repetitive pinning of the same image over and over and over again mm. to the same board. So that's why you wanna make sure that you're adding other valuable content to space out your pins, right? And again, results in positive user experience. Definitely they know that we have a vested interest in pinning our own content, but if you're not pinning anyone else's content, then it's kind of meh, like it's, it's poor, it's a poor experience. You're just going to see a few images and then you can't really be pinning consistently. So what is the right way to recycle old content from your blog? So there's, again, it depends on if you have how much content you have, but what I always recommend, my new rec newer recommendation is if you have older evergreen content that is still very relevant, or maybe it's like the post that always drives you lots of traffic, is create new pins. So freshen it up. You don't necessarily have to reshoot content, but I'd say go back, look at your images that you took. Maybe you took 50 images, but you, in the original blog post, you only used five. Mm -hmm. Go back, hopefully you kept those images, clean them up, and even like think about like a lot of content creators, their ability to edit and the apps that are available now are so different than even six months ago. Mm -hmm. So go back, edit some older pictures, maybe come up with some different text overlay for your image, or maybe um, just put a different filter on it, create some new pins, and add those to Pinterest. So you can manually upload either using Tailwind app, which is um, an approved Pinterest scheduler, or manually in Pinterest, upload those images and put the URL as the original blog post. Tell me about Tailwind app. So Tailwind is an approved Pinterest scheduler. Um, and it has API, so that means you can go into the Pinterest like engineering blog and you can see a section that's called like approved partners. And this means that all the technology and things that Tailwind offers to its subscribers is in line with Pinterest community guidelines. So you're not going to get in trouble um, it, unless you're going against like some of the spam guidelines, but everything that Tailwind does is approved by Pinterest. So you know that it's all above board. There was a company called Board Booster that a lot of people were using as their Pinterest scheduler. And actually they shut their doors because Pinterest gave them warnings that their practices were um, not in line with Pinterest guidelines mm -hmm. and against Pinterest guidelines. And they gave them notice and said, okay, you've got to like, you've got to improve this. We do not want you to have access. What the, I think the um, problem was is that Board Booster was asking for the user's passwords. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they didn't want to fix that with their technology. And so they ended up shutting down, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of content creators used to use Core Booster, but they weren't willing to comply with Pinterest. So I do love Tailwind though. Yeah. You know what? I find that Tailwind's a little bit like Pinterest. Like people feel a little bit overwhelmed by it because it's different. But once you learn how it works, yes. it's like a breeze. I think that we as creative people who are in this like you know like the digital world is just so much there's so much and we feel very overwhelmed by new things but once you realize that this is an asset that can help make your life easier Mm -hmm. and allow you to schedule your content and also decide the cadence or the pace of your content and to really like just like an, an instagram planner right you can step back and look at your grid and be like Oh, I, I didn't realize that I've been posting a lot of photos that like, involve like, you know, green or too many of just like, you know, whatever my hands, um, whatever you want the example to be. And I find that what Tailwind allows me to do is to add stuff to the queue and then I can be like, beautiful, five other pins, one of my own, mm-hmm. four other pins, one of my own. And it just allows me, and when I'm, I do uh, management for clients, it allows me to make sure that I'm pacing everything mm-hmm. and creating a positive user experience. And that's what Tailwind does. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, like, I remember when I first saw it, I was kind of overwhelmed by it, but mm-hmm. like learning it is not so hard. And mm-hmm. I like, I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get into exactly how to learn Tailwind because sure. like, yeah, I think that's like a whole conversation on its own, but, um, guys, like, you know, you really should look into Tailwind because it's what I used to schedule my pins. And it was, I learned that takeaway from like the workshop you hosted and it was mm-hmm. just, it's just so helpful. Yeah. Well, especially like the thing is like, you don't want to be like, yes, you, if you want to save the money, you could be manually pinning mm-hmm. every day, but like. It's so much time. It's so much time. And like, you know, you're traveling. You don't know what your internet's going to be like. Or like you're in a new city and you're like, oh, hold on. I have to go back to my Airbnb room or my hotel room to pin for 10 minutes today. Like fine if that's what you like to do to like kind of like – I remember before before I started a family, like I had this routine where I would would actually like get ready for bed – and this is a new rule. I have a no phone in my bedroom rule. But back in the day, I didn't have that rule. And so I would sit in bed and just pin a few things. And I felt like it was this like really mindless task before I went to bed. And that was my approach then. But now I'm like, no, I'm at meetings. I'm I'm meeting people for coffee. I'm, I, you know, I want to read before bed. So I can plan out and think like, you know, I, I'm going to be busy. I don't want to look at Pinterest. Totally. And it lets me do it. And what's really beautiful about Tail, and this is like a little bonus, is that every single pin is tr- is treated as original content. This is a little bit switching. Pinterest is changing their technology. So you don't have to worry about like when you repin your own content, the URL is the same. Whereas when it comes from Tailwind, it's different. So you can actually track your images better. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like a weird tech thing. Cool. Although I think Pinterest is in the midst. This is another thing. It's social media. It's constantly evolving. It's always changing. And Pinterest has just applied for their IPO, so they're going public. And so they are really, really hustling hard to change things. And so, like, I feel like every day people are messaging me and being like, did you notice this or this change or that change? So that's, you know, this could change. But, yeah, it's a nice little perk. So um, while we're on the topic of Tailwind and scheduling app, what, like, what is the optimal posting time? So the optimal posting times plural, are in the evening. Mm-hmm. So um, I always joke that it is the Midwestern mom who is the like bulk bulk of individuals who are on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And it's between 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. 
So kind of like after dinner, but before bed. Um, you can imagine like, you know, if it's a mom, she's put her kids to bed, she's poured a glass of wine, or somebody who's planning a trip, you know, when do we do our dreaming, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I want to go to this city, I want to go to Mexico City, and you hop on. And sort of like, once your work day is done, you've had dinner, you've cleaned up, you're sitting down with your, your boyfriend or your, you know, your cat, whatever, <laughs> and, and thinking about what you, what you're planning. The second, um, optimal time is on the weekends. So anytime on a Saturday or Sunday. So bulk up your pins on Saturdays and Sundays. I find for a lot of content creators, Sundays is a huge traffic day. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because Saturdays we plan a lot of like brunch or see our family or, you know, like it's often a day where we're out, whereas Sunday is a home day and it's when you take action. So you are ordering things. You are getting organized for your meal prep. You are getting ready for, you know, planning, you're, you're doing, you're texting your friend and saying, okay, so we're going to LA, I'm going to start researching mm-hmm. hotels, um, or where I want to go shopping or what I want to visit. So I find that for content creators, not necessarily brands or businesses as much, but for content creators, Sundays is a huge day. So you just want to make sure that your, your content is there because people are going to take action on it on Sunday. Yeah. And also, guys, like Tailwind actually finds the optimal posting times for you. So if you do want to use the app, like that's a really good plus side. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, this is a really great tip because, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. You know? And that's actually, yeah. So Tailwind is wonderful at that because you can even recalibrate your schedule to mm-hmm. tweak it. So like often every three to six months, I'll go in and make sure my schedule and my client's schedules are up to date. Mm-hmm. You can just tell it to regenerate and it will be like, oh, yeah, like... You know, we found your people are most mostly on Pinterest at 8 o'clock, so mm-hmm. it will cluster your pins around 8 o'clock so, so that you're there. Yeah, isn't it amazing? So amazing. <laughs> so what is, like, how many pins should someone be posting in a day? Oh, great question. So this is really person-dependent, and I would say start with 12 to 15. Um, if you're just getting started, do upwards to 30 a day to stimulate growth. But there is no perfect number that I can say for everybody because it seems to be changing. Some people, I saw a woman post two days ago that she does 80 a day. Whoa! I know! And that actually, I know someone who is very big on Pinterest. I think she has 3 million users. She's in the gardening niche. And she was telling me that she used to do 100 a day. She actually referred to herself as the Walmart of Pinterest. Like she just pinned tons of stuff. That said, I think she's reined it in um, with recent algorithm changes. You want to post, so here's the thing. You want quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. I think before, Pinterest did reward people who were pinning, like, you know, insane amounts. But I would say shoot for, like, 10 to 12. Pinterest at one point, I think about six months ago, said 80 to 100 a week. So if you distributed that, divided by 7, um, you know, you could count on 10 to 12 a day. But I would say start start around 10 to 12 and try to work up. I find optimal for a lot of people I work with is between 20 and 30 a day. So yeah, that's that's great. Um, so what like when it comes to picking the kind of image that you're posting on mm-hmm. Pinterest, would you like are iPhone images good enough, or does the person need to buy like a DSLR camera? Does it need to be professional shots? The beauty of Pinterest is that Pinterest loves raw. 
They love, you know, so I think the photo is more important. You don't have to have fancy, you know, I've uploaded iPhone images before. Actually, now mostly, you know, other than when I do branding photo shoots with photographers, I exclusively use my iPhone and I even have an old iPhone. Um, so yeah, smartphone, iPhone technology is totally sufficient and actually like whatever's just going to make it accessible and easy for you. But Pinterest users love, they love messy. They love the before. They love that real. Mm -hmm. Yes, we see a lot of like real, it's, there is a lot of really stunning, inspirational or aspirational Pinterest would say that there's a, you know, that's where people go to aspire to what they want to, you know, do or plan or purchase. But the reality is, is like I, I have friends who are content creators and it's often the like shocking, like messy closet photo from the like how they revamp their closet. Mm -hmm. It's like the before or it's like the action picture of like doing something like their hands actually making something like making the food, what, what ends up going viral. You just never know. And I think that that's really what's beautiful about Pinterest is that you can put all your photos on there. Mm -hmm. So with Instagram, you're really looking for that like your shot. best photo yeah. right if you took 50 what is your best shot that's gonna you know get the most engagement whereas on pinterest i'm like girl if you took 50 photos like maybe if there's like one that isn't for you for whatever reason you don't love the angle but add all the rest even add so if you publish a blog post that only has eight to ten photos in it again your your best 10 and you have 40 more photos manually upload them because it's not no one's watching you that closely and it might be one of those photos that you know it wasn't your favorite but it'll resonate with someone else so interesting okay so when someone is posting on pinterest um this is actually going to be the last question what is a checklist of the three most important things to keep in mind so when you're posting on pinterest with your own content I'm going to say, yes yeah optimize your images Definitely make sure that they're following the aspect ratio of two to three. Um, the current pixel sizing is 1,000 pixels by 1,500 pixels, but you can go as low as 600 pixels by 900 pixels. Mm -hmm. So if you're not tech savvy, just jump into Canva mm -hmm. and you can resize all your images to be that. So one, have your make sure your content is sized appropriately for the platform. Two, fill out your pin description. So again, use coming back to the keyword conversation. Help people find your image, get it into the right hands using the relevant keywords. And three, be consistent. So that's why you know using an app is really important to help you schedule, but being consistent tells the Pinterest you know, gods that you're on there, you're adding valuable content, that you're curating this amazing resource for people, and they will start sending you traffic and putting eyes on your content. And the more people that see your content are the more people that are gonna click through to your shop or to your blog and consume the content that you're creating. Amazing, so before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. <laughs> sure, so you can find my services that I offer or about my blog where I offer, I, you know, I was just writing a blog post this morning, so lots more free tips on meganlamson.com slash blog is where you can find my own blog posts about Pinterest marketing, hacks, different things that I do to help people grow their Pinterest accounts. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Megan, so M-E-A-G-A-N-A -A -A Williamson. Mm -hmm. um, and often I do, you know, 
IGTV videos about blogger tips. In my stories, I share lots of like simple tips or things that people ask me. Mm -hmm. So that tends to be the more day-to-day -day place that you can find me talking about mm -hmm. Pinterest. Um, but my blog is probably the best for, you know, finding like that, that's where my webinars are and where you can sign up for them and my free checklists and other resources that I offer to help people. And what about if someone wants to work with you? Sure, send me an email so you can contact me through my website or you can email me at info at meganlangerson.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. You're so welcome. Before you go, do you want my top five skincare tips? Guys, these are really good ones and I've not written about them anywhere else. Sign up to my newsletter and get my skincare tips and exclusive content sent to you every Thursday. I'm talking recipes, giveaways, interviews, wellness and skincare secrets, and so much more. To subscribe, just follow the link in my show notes.